had some folks that traveled the furthest to come to, uh, to a lighthouse service. Josh and Carrie Woolley, uh, our missionaries to Ecuador, uh, came all the way from Ecuador just to be with us. No, uh, really to be with Diane and Rollin Woolley. And, uh, but uh, anyway, is Josh in here? He was, uh, he, I think he was coming back. He might be over in the kids' uh, kids service. Am I missing him? All right. All right. Uh, so uh, uh, anyway, so cool to see Josh and Carrie. Um, I, I want us uh, uh, over the next, uh, probably over the next several months to really uh, connect uh, more closely with Josh and Carrie. They're getting settled in there. Uh, they've been in the jungles of Ecuador. Um, now they're moved over into the mountains and uh, just, just to see what God's doing in their lives. And we have, you know, Josh was in my kids' church here growing up. Um, and so to see him go from here, um, and he was pretty rowdy. I mean, anybody knows, uh, anybody knows, uh, he was, uh, he was a crackerjack, man. You never knew what he was going to do, but look what he's doing for God today. Um, so it's great to be a part of that. So it's kind of, uh, kind of watching to see what the Lord's doing with the family. So praise God. You ready to get in the word? You sure? All right, all right. You should have some notes there around you. There's also a version uh, online. If you wanted to uh, pull up a version event, you can do that. Um, I want to talk to you today about God's presence, man's present. We've been doing this journey to Christmas, and I've been looking forward to this message um, all month long. Uh, but let me pass in review of where we've been as you're moving around in your notes there. Um, first of all, we talked about God's promise and man's problems. When we went back into the book of Genesis and we saw the fall, we saw how the serpent came and deceived Eve, we saw how sin entered the world, and the first promise that God gives, he talks about what's going to happen as a result. Of, uh, of the fall, but he says to the serpent, and this is a promise that we get to enforce on a daily basis, uh, he said to the serpent, you will crush, uh, you will uh, strike his heel, but he will crush your head. And so this was a promise to the serpent of what Jesus was going to do, and uh, you and I live out that promise on our, on our lives. We get to say, hey, Jesus, just as Jesus uh, commanded his disciples in Luke chapter 10, you're going to tread upon serpents and scorpions and nothing by any means shall harm you. So God's promise, man's problems. Then we talked about God's precepts, man's prison. We talked about how that God was educating mankind by taking us through the law so that we would understand what slavery was about so that we would pine for sonship. Uh, the law imprisons mankind. The law causes us to realize that God has holy demands that mankind cannot hope to possibly fulfill. And so th through this process of frustration, we talked about uh, how to move from slavery over into sonship. God wanted to help us to understand the sinfulness of sin, and so he introduced the law, and then he pointed us uh, to the place of grace. How many of you are thankful for the place of grace? I'm thankful we don't live under law, but we live under grace. Praise God for that. Uh, last week we talked about God's protocol, man's prophetic call. We talked about John the Baptist and how that God has a protocol, a way that he goes about announcing what he's going to do. The word of God tells us that God doesn't do anything except that he lets his prophets know first. He always lets the prophets know what the plan is going to be. And John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. We could say he was the crossover man, the, the first New Testament prophet, really, if you want to look at it like that because his message was the new covenant. 
His message was the introduction of Jesus. And so last week's line that we needed to get a hold of was, I, I wish I had known, I wish somebody had told me. John the Baptist was the man that came on the scene and he said, uh, I'm just the voice of, the, of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And we recognize that we have as a church a prophetic mantle to say to, 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 say to our world, Jesus is coming. But before they understand about Jesus' coming, they need to realize Jesus has already come. John the Baptist was pointing to the first coming of Jesus, but he said, there's one coming after me. He said, I baptize in water, but he's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. We have a prophetic mantle on our lives to point people to Christ, the one who is to come. Amen? And so we're going to dive in today. We're going to talk about God's presence. And uh, it's found here in uh, the book of Matthew. Let's, uh, let's uh, go ahead and read that text in the book of Matthew. Um, familiar passage of scripture to read at Christmas time. Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Not the first, not the, 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 the best Christmas present, right? Think about the stress that was on this couple. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Praise God. Now, I'm going to leave the, the, the Revelation passage for later on in the message, but I want to point something out to you, uh, something that's, that's true, but not fully true. Maybe it's it's. Uh, it's true, but it's incomplete. Here's a statement. Are you with me? I'm going to make a statement. God is everywhere all the time. That's true. Would you say that's true? I would say that's true. We come together on a Sunday morning, and every preacher across the land wants to say, God is here. And they would be right. But I've been in some dead churches, and you have too. And they said, God is here. And I wanted to say, where? I can't tell. Where? What's the, and and I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a line. I'm going to point out something different here. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. That theologically, that statement is 100% true all the time from now till Jesus comes. There's nowhere you can go on the planet that you cannot say that, uh, that, it, that it would not be true, that God is here. You can go to Antarctica. You can say, God is here. You, you can go to the Arctic. You can say, God is here. You could go under the ocean. You could say, God is here. That would be true. But what the Word of God was uh, pointing out that Jesus was going to do that was different 
was that God was going to be with us. God's presence was going to be among his people. And there is a huge difference. I, I shared earlier um, in, the, in the 8 o'clock service, I talked about how that 30 years ago, Holly and I got married, and we have a, a marriage license, you know, and it's all folded up in a nice uh, little uh, white envelope, and it's got our names on it and everything in the date and all of that kind of stuff, when it happened, where it happened, all that, all that important stuff in the marriage license. But uh, So it, it could be true that the, the entire time of our marriage, the past 30 years, we are married, but sometimes we felt more married than other times. Sometimes we felt less married than other times. There have been, we've always been married. We live in this context of marriage, but, uh, but the level of intimacy and communication and smiles and laughs and all of those kind of things, they, they fluctuate, don't they? Come on, tell the truth. Shame the devil. You know, it's, it's, it's not every day that everything is always like perfect. It's not every day. But you know what? There's a pathway. There's a trend. There's a trend that we find in our relationship. It gets better and better and better. Well, that's our relationship. If it's not yours, get on board. We'll show you how. Here's the thing I want you to understand. The piece of paper doesn't create the atmosphere where we feel like we're married. It, it creates the context for it to happen, the potential for it to happen. But let me tell you, come here, honey. Come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here, come here. Woo, it just got warm in here. Yeah, come on up here. Ooh. Let me, uh, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, my wife loves it when I just do this. If we're sitting on the couch, you know, uh, she'll just slide over a little close, and, and pretty soon, you know, if, I, if I'm within arm's reach, this is going to be happening. If we're driving down the road, it's usually this, you know, one, it, it, you know, what's, what's all that about? What's all that about? You know, that, that is atmosphere. That is communication. That is, is creating uh, the, the, that constant connection that, that we like to have, you know. Um, something that, that we have made a priority of um, in our relationship is to, uh, is to always uh, make sure that our relationship is moving in peace. That we keep that unity in our relationship. Um, that we don't let a, a, a day go by. We don't let, can I tell you, a day is far too long. That if there's something that's come up that we haven't talked through it, we're going to talk through it uh, before. And, and, you know, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's the last thing you want to do, right? Uh, but, uh, well, she always wants to. But, uh, but, uh, but we make a point of keeping our list short with one another because, you know, as, as, life, as time goes on, if you're not careful, then other stuff gets mixed into that whole thing. And, and if you don't keep a short list of, are we okay? Are we okay? And we, and we, we check with one another, you know, because here's what I found about guys. Guys will say, yeah, we're okay. You ain't checked, sir. You don't know. You, you in the same room? Are you Sure. Are you in the same relationship? Are you sure? I mean, you know, and, and so, so, so sometimes, you know, I have, to, I, I have to ask the wife, is everything okay? Everything okay? No. Nah. And the guy's like, what? 
anyway. You know, here's, here's the thing, I, I, and this is just an illustration. Well, no, I got to. Here's, here's just an illustration for you. You know, uh, oftentimes we prioritize the wrong things. And when we prioritize the wrong things, then things end badly. I'll, I'll give you a couple of illustrations. Um, in 1972, a December, clear December day in, in 1972, Flight 401 crashed into the Everglades. And the reason it crashed was not because the engines weren't running properly. The reason it crashed was not because the laws of aerodynamics failed to function the way they were supposed to. The reason it crashed was because the pilots became really enamored with this light bulb that was, that was out on the dash of the plane. A $12 light bulb, they caused them to forget all about flying the plane. They kept focusing on it. They pulled the bulb out. They put it back in. They tap on it. They tried to get that light bulb to work, and the whole time the plane was going down. They were looking at the wrong thing. They were prioritizing a $12 light bulb, and they weren't paying attention to where they were in a plane up in the air trying to fly some people from point A to point B. They forgot about everything else because they focused on the wrong thing. Can I tell you, churches do this all the time. They make it about the worship. They make it about the color of the carpet. They make it about this committee or that committee or the other committee. They make it all about everything except what God says it is. It's about his presence. The church at its, at its root is a manifestation of the presence of Jesus. We are to be the place where the kingdom works. This is what the kingdom ought to look like. As a church, we come together to manifest the kingdom of God. And you can't manifest the kingdom of God without the king. And so we prioritize worship because we are prioritizing worship of the king. And when we prioritize worship of the king, the king comes in his presence and he begins to do the work. In your notes, God's presence cleanses the atmosphere of strife and strongholds. Many times when, when we come together, we forget that we really need to, it's not about your opinion, it's not about my opinion, it's not about our stylistic things, it's not about any of that. It's about his presence. And when we will fix our attention and focus on his presence, God has a way of doing a work in, in the, the people, in our hearts, in our relationships, the way it needs to happen. Just like we need to uh, fix our attention on, on the relationship in the marriage, we need to fix our attention on the presence of Jesus in our times coming together. Now, I, I want to share with you this passage from Matthew, uh, from Matthew chapter 18. Uh, the word says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you've won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Jesus is talking about his presence. And he says, you need to prioritize your pre- uh, my presence by making sure that your relationships are right with one another. You, you can't have odd in your heart with your brother or sister and expect the presence of the Lord to fill your heart and fill the atmosphere. You can't have something amiss with somebody else. That's why Jesus said, if you go to offer your gift and there discover that, that uh, someone has ought against you, leave your gift, go make it right, and then come back and offer your gift. It, it, what we try to do is we try to go through business as usual with our worship times. When, when we know our heart's not right with somebody, we've done something, we've said something, we've offended somebody, and, and we try to go make right with God. Oh, this is great. It's great to be right. And Jesus says, I, I'm watching this thing, and it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Here's, here's what he says. He says, you know, the, the very thing, when you're in the middle of conflict, he said, you go and you, you go and show him his fault just between the two of you. You try to win your brother over. But he says, if that doesn't work, he said, take a couple more. And he said, you come. He said, what's, what's the point? Jesus says, I'm trying to get agreement. I'm try, trying to get agreement between heaven and earth. Because where there's agreement between heaven and earth, God can do anything. But where there's disagreement, God's not able to work. A house divided against itself, what? Cannot stand. This is the same in the church. It's the same in the workplace. It's the same in your home. A house divided against itself can't stand. God wants to put his presence among us in our homes. He wants to put his presence among us in our workplace. He wants to put his presence among us in the church. And if we allow uh, uh, disagreement to happen, if we allow uh, things to fester between us, and we don't get things right, then we're not going to see God's best in, in what he wants to do. And so you and I have to make a priority of this. Notice that that's the thing, a lot of times that's the thing that we don't want to do. Well, I don't, I don't really want to go talk to that person. You know what's going to happen after you don't want to talk to them? After a while you don't want to be around them? After a while you don't want to go to church with them? And where can people go to find how relationships are done right? Where can people go to find how forgiveness actually is offered and offered correctly? Where can they go if they don't have the church? And here's what we need to do. We need to focus not on our opinion. We need to focus on his presence. We don't focus on our style of doing things, our way of going about it. We focus on, we say, you know what? I value the presence of Jesus too much in our relationship to let this thing go. We've, we've got to sit down. Let's work through it. Let's get on the other side of it. And, and so as a church, we've got to prioritize his presence. Secondly, God's presence creates a desire for intimacy in the life of the believer. You know, you know that intimacy is one of those words where, uh, where, you know, we kind of like, oh, I don't know. We're kind of, you know, I just have my wife up here, right? I mean, so it's like, oh, you're going to talk about sex on a Sunday morning? I'm talking about intimacy. Sex is part of that. It's not all of that. There's honesty, there's communication, 
There's a strengthening of the relationship. There's a turning of the hearts toward one another. And when we, pri when we prioritize the presence of Jesus in our lives, it creates a desire for more. Can I tell you, you know, we are, we are about to move into a phase uh, here at Lighthouse where we're going to see God do amazing things in 2020. I already sense it in my spirit. I see it a long way off. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the prophet, uh, prophet's servant that saw the, the cloud the size of a man's hand. I know we're about three or four months out. I'm trying to get you ready. I'm trying to get you ready for the thing that God wants to do in our midst because if we don't prioritize his presence, if we don't have a hunger to be intimate with God, then what's going to happen is we're going we're gonna to begin to look at just the demonstrations that are out there. We're going to look at the things that, are, uh, that are, uh, everybody else is talking about rather than what's God doing. We want to know what God is doing. We want to get together and say, God, what are you saying to this house? What are you telling us to do and be? And it creates a desire for intimacy on the inside of your heart. When, when was a, a picture of time when, you were, uh, when it was just you and God? When you were close? When you heard him talk to you on the inside? Picture those moments. Picture the things that shifted your life, those mo an, an encounter with Jesus that redirected you. Man, I've got them. I've got them. I can take you to the places. I can take you to the place where God called me to preach. I can take you to the place where, where he began working some stuff out of me that was connected to my parents' divorce. I, I can take you to the place where healing began. I can tell, what, what, was, what was that? That was intimacy. That, and that creates a hunger on the inside of me for more. I just want more. And I want what I have for everybody else. I want them to experience that. You know, they can say, well, it just doesn't work that way for me. Well, I know it's possible because he did it in my life. He did it in my life. Don't listen to somebody else say you, that, that says you can't have your own, uh, you, you can't have that close walk with God. It's there, it's there. God's no respecter of persons. Maybe you've never had it up until now, but that's not saying that you can't. Right? Here in, in the body of Christ, a lot of times we, we down what we're not up on. People will talk about their walk with God and, and you're like, man, that's, it sounds like they're really close with the Lord. I haven't experienced that. Just put the word yet at the end of your conversation. Haven't experienced that yet. But if you'll press into God, you'll watch what he'll do. Uh, notice here in Luke 24, they ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Friends, if all I had was, was just a, a, an old Bible and I didn't have a, a relationship with Jesus, that Bible wouldn't make much sense to me. If all I had was what other people said about God to judge God by, I wouldn't want to serve God either. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is alive and he's Lord and you can talk to him and you can walk with him and you can communicate with him. You people say, you hear God? I say, you don't. Come on. I, I was talking to him this morning and he was talking to me. We, we, have, a, we have a communion. We walk together. Well, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying I have a connection to God and you can have a connection with him too. And you ought to. 
We ought to be a church where people come in and, and they say, man, what's different about that house? When they come in, there's a sense of awe. Why? Because this is what the early church had. There was a sense of awe every time people got together. This happens at least two or three times a month that I will have people say, Pastor Ken, I don't know why, but I cried all the way through service. I mean, you know, I try to shower before I get here. I don't know why. They, no. They're crying because of the presence of Jesus. They're crying because the Holy Spirit is drawing them into intimacy, drawing them, uh, opening up their emotions that have, been, uh, that have been walled off because of the brokenness of their world, and their emotions are starting to come alive again in the presence of Jesus. That's Jesus doing his work. And so the early disciples said, didn't our hearts burn within us as we walked along the road as he opened the scriptures to us? Church, we need to let the Lord restore in our own hearts a sense of awe for his presence. The things that, the things that happen, uh, we, we need to be really discerning about what's happening in, in the house of God. Let me tell you, when we come together and people don't get saved, that's a problem. When people don't get healed, that's a problem. When people don't get filled with the Spirit, that's a problem. And it's not a problem on God's side. It's because we haven't prioritized his presence. When we begin to prioritize what God wants, then we will see his supernatural power right here in this room. We will watch God work because we have chosen the, those greater things. We've chosen to say, you know what, we're not going to have business as usual. We're not going to be happy with just coming in and singing songs. We want intimacy with God. You know, they, they ask each other, our hearts were burning within us as we walked along the road. Number three, God's presence transforms us into God's likeness. We become like what we worship. We become like what we worship. Arguments happen because people choose their opinion over the peace, over the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Issues occur because people elevate their pride and they say, well, it's got to be way, the way I want it done. It's got to be this way. You know? and, and what ends up happening is we begin to worship our own opinion. We begin to worship the image made after ourselves. We begin to say, it's got to be this way. You know? and, and whatever in the, your matrix of decision making, whether it's, you know, whether it's uh, uh, money or title or whatever it is, whatever it's going to be, whatever you begin to worship, you begin to morph your life over into the direction of that thing that you worship. You're giving that thing power. You're giving that thing authority in your life. What Whatever it is. And let me tell you, if it's not God, it's gonna, you're going to fall short. It's going to be something that, that's going to happen that's going to take you in a direction that you don't want to go. The scripture says the love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ, don't be compelled by some relationship with another human being. Don't be compelled by money. Don't be compelled by, uh, by your, uh, your title or your job or your career. Be compelled by Christ. Because when you're compelled by Christ, then you can have everything that he wants you to have. And so I want to challenge you. You know, allow the Lord to, to cause you to have a sensitivity for his presence that you've never had before. Let's stand this morning. The word says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. First John 3, 2 says, 
Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Can you see that what the, what the word is telling us there is, is we're in the process of it. That as we worship the Lord, he's changing us. We're, we're made into his likeness. Last verse of scripture or passage in, uh, from the book of Revelation. Here's what I want you to see today. This is what God is up to. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Hallelujah. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Jesus started through the secret kingdom that started, we celebrate as called Christmas. Jesus began what is fulfilled in Revelation 21. Jesus began. He made it possible that we could know him. He made it possible that he would start making things new by starting on the inside of you. And if you will prioritize his presence in your life, if you will prioritize what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing in your life, he will direct you on a course as he's making you new on the inside. Isn't that good news today? Isn't that good news? Let's just bow our heads right now. I don't know, all over this place, I just feel like the Lord wants to make some things new in your life today. How many of you need something made new in your life? Just raise your hand up high. Maybe there's been an area of barrenness. Maybe there's, uh, maybe there, you haven't seen any fruit. Maybe you've been dry in some area. Would you just wait on the Lord this morning? Would you let his presence do a work on the inside of you? Maybe you, uh, you've never said yes to Jesus and made Jesus Lord. Today's your day. Today's your day. Now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of God's favor. He wants to do a work in you. If you're a believer and you say, well, Pastor Ken, I've heard this before. It's old hat. Well, maybe the words are old hat, but the experience of him making things new is something that you haven't entered into yet. And I'm, t I'm here to tell you there's more. I'm here to tell you there's a fire that he wants to start on the inside of you, that he wants to do a work. He wants to do a work on the inside of you prioritize his presence in your life if you want more of his presence just step out from where you're at come up here we're just gonna agree together for his presence you want more of his presence all over this place it doesn't you, you wouldn't have to tell me anything I'm already up here you wouldn't have to you wouldn't I want more of his presence I want to prioritize that intimacy of, with God in my life oh father in the name of Jesus this morning Lord we're a hungry bunch we're a hungry lot right here. Lord, you said if we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we would be filled. Lord, this world offers me nothing. There's nothing in this world that I want, Lord God, but I want you. 
I want you, Lord. I want you in my life. I want you. I want your presence. I want a greater experience of your life than I've ever had. Lord, I need your Holy Spirit today. I cannot do what you've called me to do without the fullness of your Spirit. I cannot be who you've called me to be without your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, church, lift your voice. Begin to call on the Lord. Lord, I need your presence today. Do a new thing in my life today, God. Do a new thing in my life, Lord. I want to see, Lord, the greater things in my life. I want to see the greater things that were promised, oh God. Build an expectation in my heart, Lord God, for the new thing that you want to do. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Lift your voice this morning. Lift your voice all over this place. God is looking for radicals. God is looking for people who will prioritize his presence. Every place you put your foot, the kingdom of God will go with you. Let the presence of God go with you into the workplace, into, your, into the stores, into the classrooms. God, in the name of Jesus, we want more. We want more, Lord God. Father, for those of us, Lord, that our hearts have been cold, our hearts have been dry. Lord God, we've been, uh, we've been uh, dry rotting from the inside out. God, I pray that you'd breathe on us afresh, oh God. Take out that heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh this morning. In the name of Jesus, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh my God, my God, my God. Friends, it starts in the place of humility. It starts in the place of humility starts in that place where you say, I don't have it all together. Starts in that place where you say, I, I just can't do this anymore on my own. That's right. That's right. That's where you need to be. I can't do this anymore. That's right. You got it right. I can't stand. Don't stand. Get on your knees. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. The word says that they that look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. Never covered with shame. Come on, let the Lord touch you today. Let the Lord touch you today right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, all over this place, Lord God. We pray that you'd minister, Lord, all over this place right now. In Jesus' name. All over this place, God. What would your living look, room look like with the presence of the Lord? Driving out all the stress. What if God restored laughter to your dining room table? What if it was the presence of God in your room that when people walked in, they would, they would have a, a sense of awe that they would not want to say anything that would disrupt that sense of peace. Lord, I believe that you can do more through your presence than we can do with generations of striving. I believe you can do more by walking into a room and declaring who you are in our midst. Lord, may we be a church that always prioritizes the presence of Jesus. May we be a church that always uh, respects the authority of the Holy Spirit. May we be families that daily welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit in our, in our living rooms, in our bedrooms, in our, in our kitchens, in our living rooms, that we would daily 
look to you, Lord God, to do things in our lives. Here's the difference between the Old Testament reality of God's presence and the New Testament reality of God's presence. In the Old Testament reality of God's presence, you had the tabernacle, and you had a pillar of cloud by day. And if you were an Israelite, you could look into the center of the camp, and you would see this pillar of cloud that went up directly from the tabernacle. And you would look, and you could point. You'd say, there's the presence of God right there. What are we supposed to do today? We're supposed to stay near the presence. And then at nighttime, it was a pillar of fire that kept them warm. And they never had to worry about whether or not they were supposed to move because when the presence moved, they moved. They didn't have to stop and think, well, you know, three more days and then we move. No, when the presence began to move, they packed up. We are New Testament believers. We are portable worship tabernacles. We house the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside. Wherever you are, Holy Spirit is there. Now what you choose to do, this is under grace. What you choose to do, where you choose to go, you are either moving into intimacy with God. In other words, I'm taking the Holy Spirit places that he's going to want to go. Or I'm taking the Holy Spirit places that he doesn't want to go. And I can be guided by the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because if I find myself over here where he doesn't want to go... And I find his voice on the inside of me getting quieter and quieter and quieter. And some of you are there right now. You say, I don't hear God. I don't feel God. You know why? Because you got to do like you did when you were a little kid. When you're cold, you got to move. You're getting warmer. Ever play that game? Getting warmer. Getting warmer. Right? Some of us need to repent because we don't hear his voice like we used to. And it's time to make a direction change. Would it be right to say that God is everywhere all at once? Absolutely. Would it be right to say that every believer has the fullest level of intimacy that they could have with God? Absolutely not but you have exactly as much of God as you want to. You may not have as much of God as you wish to, but you have exactly as much of God as you want to. That is your choice. That is your choice. Father, this morning, may we want you more than we ever have. May we be done with lesser things, and may we want you more than we have ever wanted anything in this life. God, I pray that each and every person would prioritize your presence in their life, in their marriage, in their home, in their workplace. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for what's available to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, if you're a guest with us, please stop by Inside Lighthouse on your way out. Make sure that you're, uh, you've looked at the schedule for the holiday schedule. You need to uh, be aware of what's going on with that. Make sure it's all happening. If you haven't signed up for Abingdon School to volunteer there, please do so. There's a table at the back. God bless you. Have a great day.